statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Now I think Oklahoma will solidify some of their woes and will be better defensively this year by leaps and bounds. I honestly think their offense will even improve as well because I'm hopeful that Dylan Gabriel will stay healthy all season long and they'll be able to kind of continue to get more comfort with Jeff Lebby with what they want to be offensive. How about this? That's former... Alabama quarterback, current ESPN analyst, Greg McElroy, talking about the University of Oklahoma. He expects the defense to be better by a large degree and even the offense, uh, especially if Dylan Gabriel stays healthy in year two of Jeff Lebby's system. You buying it from McElroy? Uh, I'm glad that you didn't call him a game manager this time. Actually, I think that was me <laughs> last week. Um, it was, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm buying it on the defense. It, I guess it does bring up somewhat of a potentially uh, interesting conversation is, would we label Dylan Gabriel injury prone or is that too unfair because the injury that he had last year was a, was a head injury that was a cheap shot? I mean, he had an injury at UCF before. Like, where are we at with the confidence that he is going to stay healthy all year long? Um, I I feel confident. I think he, you know, he stayed healthy last year. He had the head injury. And honestly, I, I think if the climate around the head injury thing was a little bit different than it just happened to be that week. Was it his worst moment? When, when that I happened. think he, I think he probably would have played. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's unfair to call him um, injury prone because I mean it was a head injury and it was, it was a cheap shot. Let's call it what, the, what, what, what it was last year. Yeah. So I'm not going to call yeah. anyone injury. Like he's had injuries previously, but is that really the only time that he missed a year ago? Is yeah, yeah just off it. that, did he miss any time or any snaps no. at all after that hit in the Tech game? He was right back in there? Uh, actually, I guess he did miss what, what, one play or something, one or two plays. Is that right? Yeah. I, Gosh, I don't even remember how that It was whole... the first play in overtime, wasn't it? When Reggie yeah, Pearson hit him? It was the trick play, right? Where he uh, they floated it to him and he got annihilated. Was it Drake <laughs> that threw it to him? Uh, I, Teddy, I – that's like the greatest trivia question from last year because I don't remember at all. I just remember the hits. How yeah. could you remember anything else? I think Drake Stoops threw it to him and like he waited a, an extra count and then kind of floated it, which gave the safety extra time to come crashing down on him. So, yeah, I think he did. Or they took a timeout instead of running a play. I don't know, but. He came back in the football game. Uh, other than getting 
hit in the face mask, he was he was healthy last year, and he stayed out on the field. Yep. That's the important part of the conversation here. Yep. So I, I'm not going to go into the year thinking, oh, geez, this guy's fragile. Jackson Arnold, you better be ready to go. Anything could happen, but that's not my perception of Gabriel at the at the current moment. Yeah, the defense, um, the defense will be better by um, quite a margin. I think I'm not exactly what it was that he, uh, that McElroy said there, but he expects the defense to be quite a bit better. Um, I think there's a I think there's a a chance of that. Is there a like part of it is like statistically last year was so horrible that i it's going to be difficult to not be better by a large degree right and still not be good you know what i'm saying does that make sense it like does we, yeah it does make sense i i guess it kind of veers off into a different thought for me um like the, the the numbers are not good but it's crazy that i still look at a couple of games last year in conference and say Man, I remember them playing really well in those games uh, in a couple of the wins. The Iowa State game and the Oklahoma State game stick out like, I know the numbers were bad last year, and I'm not saying that that was a good defense a year ago, but there were times where, like, for four quarters, they played some pretty good football. They did. Yeah, they did. Um, There were were definitely some moments where they played good football last year. Just the the consistency was was not good. Um, You know, I – there's some positions where I think we have a chance to be better. There's some positions that I we got we got work to do, but I think we can get there. Um, and there's others that you know I just I'm I don't know I don't know what we're going to get. Uh, for instance, Mike Backer. You know, you've got Kobe McKenzie there. You've got Jaron Canick there, and I, I expect there to be. You know, possibly some mistakes there, but also I, I expect there to be some really nice play. I, even, no matter who it is, either one of those guys, I expect that. And you know, the guy he had playing last year, you know, he wasn't the best, a Guaybu, but he had some, he had some nice moments, some nice plays, and you know, I, I don't think he had a whole lot of just massive critical mistakes. Like it's that's what I worry about more at that position is. I expect some good plays, but what type of mistakes are we going to get from the the inexperience of whoever earns that spot? Um, so, like, is that position going to be better? Could be difficult to tell. I think we'll be better at Cheetah. I think there's there's a chance that we could be much, much better at Cheetah, but we'll just have to see. Um, I think secondary-wise, safety and corner – at a minimum, will be the same, but I expect us to be better. D-line, edge, I don't know. Don't know. Uh, we are... I feel okay about edge. I feel a lot better about edge than I do, like, interior defensive line. I, I really like R. Mason Thomas, uh, what he's going to do. I... I'm not saying PJ Atabari is going to be a day one starter. I do think that he'll be a contributor. I'm just I'm I I feel good about what R. Mason Thomas is going to give you off the edge this year. I guess that's where I'm at. And then yeah. what? Uh, and then uh, with Bothroyd, what? Um, maybe he's one of the bigger spring storylines thus far. I guess for people that have been out there, 
Kind of look, kind of looks and sounds like he's going to be a pretty productive player for you. Okay. I mean, the resume at least it, says that. Yes, and I agree with that. Okay, and I'm I I actually enjoy watching the guy play. But think about that. We got a transfer from Wake Forest that like right now is probably the best like the most consistent like run and pass all around most versatile edge guy that we have and that just flat out should not be the case it shouldn't but i and, mean it, it is the case right now i mean no one's saying it's a perfect situation over there we know that they they've got ways a ways to go yeah there's some there's there's some good young players over there i I'm glad I, he's here. I'll say that. I'll I'll bring the optimism to the the defensive line. I guess like, that is a that position is what separates the elite from everyone else. Think about Alabama. Think about Georgia. Right. Think about Ohio State. Whenever they were. Um, you know, in the championship, winning championships, right? Um, Michigan. Like, those teams have all had first-round, like, multiple first-round edge guys in recent years. And I – Bothroyd from Wake Forest is coming in and, and probably going to, you know, earn a starting spot. Sure. Yay! It's not. It's not perfect. Um, I would still be optimistic about the young players that they have at that position. We'll see where they're at in a year's time. But the good news is that you're not playing Ohio State or Alabama schedule. That's you know, you don't point. have to be elite tomorrow to win ten games next year. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom when talking Man, I, about this team. I appreciate you today. I just, I, I you know, I, you're you. just very down talking about this team. I'm just trying to throw at least some optimism. All right, it doesn't. It doesn't. They don't yeah. have to suck next year. That doesn't have to be the case. I know it did last year, but that didn't have to be the case again this year. Yeah. How about this instead? Uh, on three Big Twelve coach rankings. <laughs> talking about talking about not being high on someone. Um, I want you when I go down this list. I want you to think about the most overrated and underrated coach on this list, and I want the uh, text line to do the same. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. On three Big Twelve head coach power rankings. Chris Kleiman, number one. Sonny Dykes at TCU, number two. Lance Leipold at KU at three. Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State at four. Gus Malzahn, UCF at five. Kalani Sataki at BYU at six. Wow. Matt Campbell at Iowa State at seven. Dave Aranda at Baylor at eight. Joey McGuire, Tech at nine. Steve Sarkeesian at 10. Britt Venables at 11. Dana Holgerson at Houston at 12, Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati at 13, and Neil Brown at West Virginia at 14. Who is the most underrated head coach on that list? Um, the most underrated, Aranda? I was going to say Aranda at eight as well. Aranda at eight? He's a guy that's won a Big 12 championship. I know they had a step back last year, but I think they could be pretty good this year, or at least a lot better. Yeah. Uh, Aranda and Kleiman have both won a uh, 
a Big 12 championship, Dykes, I guess Gundy has, but uh, not in a decade, right? Or did they share it one year? Did they no, share it? 2011 is their 2011. only uh, Big 12. I, I don't know what they claim up there. I guess they could claim a split Big 12 South title in 2010 or something, but outright Big 12 titles, 2011. Right. Um, it's hard to really argue with anything other than Aranda being where he is. Yeah. That's shocking you put Aranda that low. Yeah. Um, overrated for me was pretty easy was Kalani Sataki at BYU at six. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to, to figure that one out. Um, he's been at BYU since 2016, and he's 9-4, and 4-9, and 7-6, and 7-6. He had that 11-1 year with Zach Wilson, then a 10-3 and three and an 8-5. and 56-34 and 34 overall at BYU. I mean, well, it's, it's not a bad resume, but I don't know if that's a resume for top six in the league. I think it has less to do with – just straight up, like, record. And I actually like the fact that they're taking into account who's done more with less, you know? That's – Yeah, I mean, that's why that's Lance Leipold's so high, obviously, at number three. That's why Leipold's high. That's why um, Dykes is as high as he is. That's why Gundy's as high as he is. And, frankly, it's why Venables and Sarkeesian are as low as they are. Yep. Is they have the most and haven't accomplished anything with them yet. So, still someone on the text line saying that Sark is still overrated at number ten. <laughs> Which, to be fair, he's been at Texas, he's been at USC, and he's been at Washington. I mean, those are three yeah. easily three top twenty-five jobs. Yeah. Um, Leipold. Let's see if if he's the third best coach in this conference. Then um, this this is going to be a year they've got that quarterback coming back, and and I I believe he's a really good coach. I mean, this this is like not like uh, there's some massive standard that he's got to live up to or he's going to be fired. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, hey, um, here you go. Right, you've you've pulled the team. Out of the depths of hell, uh, can you put together a a solid season? You were six and seven last year. What can you do to back that up this season? And hey, you uh, you hired Bill Snyder's son ah, in a coup. as the uh, special teams coach, right? See who they yeah. got. Most underrated is Dave Aranda. Most overrated is Gus Malzahn. Gus was at number five. Yeah, Gus, was... Gus, has, Gus has coached in a national championship game. Yeah, at Auburn. I was interested in in where they had him. Um, you know, I, I what was UCF last year like nine and were they nine and four or something like that? Yeah, they they lost to Tulane in their conference championship game. In that right? That's they right. They beat him in yeah. the regular season, lost to him in the conference championship game. Uh, someone else saying, "What about Matt Campbell? Outside of one good year, he's shown no improvement. Above uh, Iowa State being a mediocre and doesn't fix his team's recruiting issues." Yeah, well, I I don't know that there is a fixing of his team's recruiting issues. No. I it's and that one good year you can't just gloss like that was the best year in Iowa State history when they won a Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, I, it wasn't really just one good year. Like they had multiple good years. Whenever you consider that historic, like a good year for them is like five wins. Whenever you look at 
uh, the majority of their, their football program, at least over the last 30 years or however far you want to go back. So uh, they've done more good than just one year. And th- I, I think if you ask anyone in the conference uh, whether or not they'd like to go play Iowa State this week, most people would say no. We'd prefer to play somebody else. Uh, even though their schedule was or their uh, record was not good last year, they played almost everyone to a one-score game, which, you know, you have to say something for that. Doesn't win you any prizes, but they're still a, a tough football team. You won't hear much argument from me on Chris Kleiman being number one. And since I watch OU every single Saturday, including games against Kansas State, mm-hmm. it'd be really hard for me uh, to not vote Chris Kleiman number one. Eight and five, four and six, not great. Eight and five, and then a 10 win season last year when he won the conference. Yeah. You know, Kansas State is still going to have, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster for them. It's just, it's just the nature. It's going to be the same for a lot of these good coaches. Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, you're going to have uh, a couple of down years. Then, like, a ramp-up year, and then an opportunity to go compete for a conference championship. It's like it go. it's going to kind of go in a four-year cycle, you know? Yeah. Uh, why are you down on BYU, Coach? Same consistency as the rest of the Big 12. Trash. <laughs> Kalani Zataki. Well, I, the coach behind him, Matt Campbell, I, I would say BYU is a better job than Iowa State. Does anyone want to fight me on that? I wouldn't think so. Uh, again, Matt Campbell's at least won a New Year's Six Bowl game. He hasn't done that at BYU. Dave Aranda, maybe BYU and Baylor are uh, comparable jobs. I don't know how those two would necessarily rank, but Dave Aranda's won a Big 12 championship. Like, they've reached heights in, you know, in their best years that Kalani Sataki just hasn't done at BYU yet. Yeah. I don't, would you say that BYU typically plays a more difficult schedule than what we've seen in the Big 12 over the last yeah well I mean they've been an independent and they've had a really tough time as an independent getting home games late in the year out there Um, Mm -hmm. but I I would say overall probably so yes last year they played uh, Baylor they played at Oregon played Notre Dame played Arkansas um, and some some of the tougher non-power five teams Liberty um, Boise State they played Stanford, played SMU, beat SMU in a bowl game. Um, that was just that was last year. So it's kind of hard to gauge with them because their schedule is kind. Of, it's kind of dramatically different every year or two, you know. So this will really test how good of a head coach he is the next three years. Mm-hmm. How, how about that? Yeah, like I think Gus is Gus is. Gus Malzahn's proven himself, I think, as a head coach. I'm saying he's the best one in the league, but he's pretty good. Um, maybe even Dana, to a certain extent, though he hasn't won at a, at a big level. We kind of know what he is, but this is the real test for BYU and Kalani Sataki, like where they're at. I, I, just, I think it's interesting how, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I, Frankly, maybe it's bad to admit this. I don't know anything about Houston. Houston was 8-5 and five last year. And everyone has, like, Holgerson is horrible, and Houston is going to be dead last in the Big 12 by a million miles. Well, they're going to beat Texas. I already I told you that a month ago. 
<laughs> it's pretty interesting. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit the text line, 651-3439. We'll get to some of those next at Newcastle Casino today. Stay tuned. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. You're simply the best. The Showplace Theater is back at Riverwind. And with some of the best acts around. Like Earthwind. Firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Maybe not an under-the-radar storyline from uh, the OU weekends, but an important one nonetheless. Uh, I I love any time I can bring up a stat like this with OU softball. In case you missed all three softball games from this weekend, here's what you need to know. OU wins three, Texas Tech runs zero. (laughs) That's right. OU shut out Texas Tech in uh, all three games of the Mm. three-game series in Norman this weekend. I know. No one's surprised by that. But OU had three more wins than Texas Tech did runs this weekend. And Tech is known for their hitting if they're known for anything. That's what they're good at. Did they continue with the – not as much as maybe on uh, what Thursday night, but yeah. Okay. We'll see if that's a strategy moving forward. We'll see if LSU uh, adopts that t- tomorrow night in Baton Rouge. That should be a good one, right? LSU's pretty pretty salty. LSU's top fifteen. Yeah, I was looking at their schedule though yesterday, and like the best team they've played is Tennessee. Tennessee's really good. Mackenzie Donahue's out there having a really good year, by the way. They got swept by Tennessee at home in a three-game series. Wow. And I'm not saying that it won't be a tough game. Like it'll be a tough game with the rowdy crowd down there, but like you don't like you think of a top 15 team in the SEC and you think they have a ton of good wins. That's not really the case with LSU. Gotcha. But I mean, you know that they'll play well down there tomorrow night. Right. Well, that'll be good. That'll be good. I like that. I like the schedule that Oklahoma's had this year. It's one of it's the toughest been, in recent memory, man. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. They've seen. Good teams from all over the place, uh, coast to coast. UCLA early, hosted FSU. Now they're headed south. Uh, Louisiana State University. Did they play Northwestern also? Yeah, they played Northwestern in OKC. And was Northwestern a World Series team last year? Well, they played them in the very first game of the World Series. Look at you, (laughs) man, Mr. Softball Encyclopedia over here. I know it, right? Huh? Let's go. Get you in a good mood. All I got to do is bring up softball. I love that. Texas uh, Texas Tech has not scored versus OU since 2019. It's been over four years. Yeah, good stat, text line. Oh, man. Well, that kind of that sucks. I feel bad for that, you know. At some point, don't you just let them score a run? You know? mm, no, I don't think so. No, 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 I don't think that's how they operate. No. Yeah. Okay. I uh, does anyone else kind of get the chills a little bit? Like, ooh, you find out OU softball has to go play a Tuesday night game in Baton Rouge. Uh, kind of know what that's going to be. Number one team going down there. Um, I don't know. Here, my initial feeling on it is, if you're going to play it. Tuesday's probably the best night for it. Well, they still drink on Tuesdays down there. They may still drink as heavily on Tuesday night uh, as they do Friday night, but I see where the path that you're trying to go down, and it could be right. I think it was probably a brutal weekend, and everyone's still trying to uh, piece themselves together. Uh, it's better than it would be on a Thursday night, I think. You think LSU fans drink heavily on Easter Sunday? 
I think they drink heavily on every single day of the week, <laughs> but Tuesday has to be one of the lighter lighter days. I don't know, man. They're different people down there, so there's really yeah. no telling. There's really no telling. They they do uh, speak a different language. Perhaps they operate on a different calendar as well. That is the um, – I think for any sport, but certainly football, that's got to be the most unique place. Like, in a conference – filled with unique places that's got to be the most unique just because it's so different than anywhere else right i mean yeah. people speak different languages there like you said like just like a different environment it's like a, almost like a different country there yeah I right. they speak some version of french which hasn't been spoken there for 300 years <laughs> you know so yeah i'd say it's it's unique S- slurring, to say the least slurring french that's is that what they call it down there um, I, I'm interested from the text line in the SEC destination that I don't care. I don't care if it's like a top five matchup. I don't care the circumstance. I will never, ever go to this SEC town as long as OU's in the conference for a road game. I'm never going there. I feel like Baton Rouge could be a very popular answer here. The problem with that is their foosball team is too good. And the atmosphere there is allegedly pretty awesome. Well, it's pretty awesome for LSU fans, but not for opposing fans. Maybe LSU is the majority answer here. No way, I don't care. No matter what, I'm never going to this SEC town. I bet if you were to poll our our fans, I guarantee you that would be the number one answer. Well, let's poll it 405-651-3439 on the text line. I know the majority of our fans wouldn't go to New Orleans to play LSU. You think they'd think it's better to go to Baton Rouge? Gosh, well, think about that. I didn't think about it that way. Is you may not have seen the worst of what they have to offer, and that yeah. was pretty bad in New Orleans back in two thousand. I guess it was yeah. technically two thousand four, but you know, you saw the good crowd that traveled to the bowl game. <laughs> Never go to Baton Rouge in all caps or to New Orleans to play LSU. Yeah, yeah. Found out the back half of that one. Right. Uh, I we still owe them from 20 years ago. So when we host them, I'm not saying. Well, maybe I am. I I'm just saying we owe them. Okay. You know the thing. That's it. The thing with Baton Rouge too is, if you never decide to go there, it's gonna be partly because of how you that you be treated. It's not like Baton Rouge is some. I've only driven through it, to be fair, but, like, Knoxville seems like an awesome town. Like, the river's right there. Like, the scenery's really cool. Like, there's some SEC towns where, like, the town just looks really cool. I don't necessarily get that feel with Baton Rouge. No. Some some people are texting in, I go to Baton Rouge for work, and it sucks. So, some (laughs) people are backing up that claim. Baton Rouge is a place where you go missing, Okay. I if we whenever we do play down there, there needs to be the buddy system. You never go anywhere without uh, a group of friends together. Never out of uh, uh, visibility from one another. Just take yeah. the tour bus down there. Uh, you know how you could go on some trips and you're on a giant bus with a bunch of people. Yeah. Normally they're over seventy years old. Maybe that's the yeah. safest way to go about it. Or everyone just tethers. Uh, each other together with like um, 
you know, your belts are all wrapped together yeah. and you stay in the line. Yeah. Let me, re- let me read some of these here. Never going to Columbia, Missouri. It's from the 307 area code. Could okay. be my new best friend. We'll see. Uh, never going to Tuscaloosa. Just seems like a rough town. T- uh, Tuscaloosa was fine. No, Tuscaloosa nice. was fine. Yeah, had no it's issue nice. there. And that yeah. was 20 years ago. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. even better now than it was then, I would guess. Well, uh, I, it's like anywhere else. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's good areas and there's bad areas, but from what I remember, right there around the, the stadium, that whole yeah, place cool was really cool. Brooks says, my mom moved from Norman to Baton Rouge in college in the 70s. I think she only lasted about six months top. Uh, college Station, I'm never going to that Colts, says the 806 area code. Uh, Arkansas fans will be second nastiest fan base for OU. They are so jealous. Uh, Baton Rouge, a.k.a. Red Stick, no way I would go back there unless in handcuffs. Uh, here's another one. I travel to Baton Rouge frequently for work, and it sucks. Trash, trash, trash. A lot of Missouri on here. A lot of Missouri in LSU right now. Yeah. Yep. It w- that I mean, makes it, sense. it would be different if Baton Rouge was like a really cool town. I just We're getting the word disgusting a lot on here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no other way to say it. Oh, wow. That's I don't great. even stop for gas in Louisiana, says a texter in the 918. I think I saw a Daywalker vampire in Transylvania, Louisiana. Transylvania bats. It's a dump. Wow. Yeah, I get it. Some of I you understand. are dropping F-bombs. I can't read those. Some of you are saying it's a blank hole after Katrina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of you have a lot of things to say about that place. Right. Well, uh, I'm never going to Austin. It's on the text line. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Oh, man. That's Mark a good, and I Blanchard, like I went to Tuscaloosa in 2003. Some of the best fans ever, and they weren't good. Y- yes, Mark, I experienced that as well. But we have brought this up before. Don't expect that same Alabama fan the next time OU goes out there. Right. I'm not saying that they will be LSU fans, but they are a lot more arrogant than they were 20 years ago. A lot more arrogant. Yeah, well. Florida that. man was born in Baton Rouge. That's good to whoever sent that in. I like that. Huh. And it's true. I think I heard Katrina actually helped clean up Baton Rouge. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yikes. Unreal. Unreal. All right. We got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit a few things that caught my eye next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Attention all Sooner fans. Don't miss your chance to secure your seats for the 2023 Oklahoma football season today. Season tickets start at $400. Loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. Think that hiring a lawyer will get you less for your injury claim? WYG Firm fights hard to get you everything you deserve. Call or text for a free, no-obligation consultation. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. That's 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? Um, number one story is Andrew... Marchand, uh, yeah. New York Post Sports, yeah. has uh, 
He's claiming Colorado is uh, the rumors of them coming to the Big 12 are starting to heat up. You buying it? Or well, if, just... honestly, if it's coming from him, like he's he's really good in terms of like breaking things in the media world. Um, yeah. And like that – Colorado being interested in the Big 12, does that surprise anyone with the way that their negotiations are going? Uh, no, uh, not at all. So, yeah, I, that makes sense. But, you know, that that hurts, I, I think, Colorado right now, obviously because uh, Deion Sanders is, is probably um, – it, they are definitely one of the most interesting teams in college football. I don't know how good they're going to be, but they're – they're getting a lot of eyeballs right now with Deion Sanders taking over. And like, if that's one of the teams that is reportedly or rumored to be interested in going to the Big 12, that continues to hurt the Pac-12's negotiating stance, With even if it is just with the CW. Just think of this and how crazy it is. This Saturday, Colorado will be on ESPN. Georgia, the two-time defending national champs, will be on ESPN2. Yeah, <laughs> Georgia that's crazy. gets bumped to ESPN2 for Colorado. Isn't it's that crazy. wild? Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, I know this is not your thing, but the um, uh, the Masters was, was pretty enjoyable. Weather was horrible most of the weekend, but Sunday was actually nice and uh, got to see John Rahm. But how about one of the biggest stories was Nicholson. Yeah. How about Mickelson out there with the uh, the mirror uh, uh, aviator sunglasses Look on, different just out looking there. the part? And I don't watch a ton of golf, so maybe he's looked that way for a while. But w- would you have felt bad for anyone that's been waiting to go to the Masters for 20, 25 years, finally got an opportunity to go on Saturday for the first time, and that's how they had to uh, take in the event? Um, Soaked with rain? Not well, yeah, of course, you want it to be perfect. But at the end, you got a great day on Sunday. And sometimes the story is better whenever it sucks, right? And you can talk about how, how horrible the weather was. Just one of those things. Yeah, if you don't come so, back with the pneumonia. But, yeah, that's, that's uh, true, I guess. I don't feel bad for him. That's all I got. Uh, how about some good news? You want some really good news here? Because yeah. Victoria just shared some good news on the text line, which I appreciate. Okay. Here is a Facebook post from Damon Miner, former Sooner. Yeah. Uh, he says, update on Ryan's progress. Talking about Ryan Miner, former mm-hmm. Sooner, his brother. Last week, Ryan met with his doctors at John Hopkins. Scans showed that cancer has not grown in size, so the chemo is working. So good news there. He has four rounds of chemo to finish and will reassess in May. I'm excited to announce the first annual Sooner Family Reunion Golf Tournament to support Ryan at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Course. We will be using the GoFundMe page. Please add me and number of golfers in your group, as well as with name on sponsor holes. Feel free to message me, all that. So they're going to have a uh, basically a, a Ryan Minor uh, golf tournament at Jimmy Austin Tuesday, July 11th this summer. So... That's cool. That'd be fun to be at, but the chemo is not growing right now, so that's that's good news for Ryan for sure. Wow, that is awesome, awesome, awesome news. And um, yeah, if you got an opportunity, get out there and support that. That's great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, told you it's good news. Good to hear. Yeah. So Jeff Goodman, one of the best, if not the best, when it comes to college basketball coverage. 
Uh, there's a lot of players in the portal right now. LJ Cryer, former Baylor Bear, just picked Houston. Jeff Goodman said this this weekend on the current situation in the portal for college hoops. Quote, it's so bad in the portal right now, I had a coach call me and say that some of his best head coaching friends are actively trying to recruit players on his roster away to their teams behind his back. That's how bad it is, in quotes. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. Well, it's tough. I I don't know. You, I guess you got to mine whatever connections you have and, like, whatever players that you had some type of um, – you know, some type of, of good relationship or decent relationship with during the recruiting process. I mean, I, you, you got to find whatever you can. It's brutal. It's cutthroat, I mean, man. It's what it is. Jeez. Porter Moser is going to have to put together an entire new basketball team for the third time in three years. Mm. It's just. Oh, yeah, it'll look like an entirely different team. It's brutal. Uh, Joe Harris released a statement last night about Friday's incident. Basically. Oh, yeah. That was a, um, what do they call it, swatting? swatting? Yeah, and it was from someone out of the country, which is just disgusting, really. It's awful. Um, but the response and how many people were down there, um, just law enforcement, was pretty impressive, though. Yeah. I mean, very unfortunate situation, a scary situation, but the response was pretty incredible on Friday night. Uh, and I can't imagine how difficult that is whenever – but if you put yourself in the in the police's position, if you know where you're going and you know what you, what you expect to encounter, uh, you can hear the shots, you can see the person. But that's a little bit better than whenever you're getting conflicting calls and uh, you just have no idea what's around any corner. Uh, that's it's just totally brutal. And I don't know. I guess. Because I was trying to keep up with it, as I'm sure a lot of people were, and it, it sounds like maybe they had multiple callers calling in. Really? That nice. kept reporting, because I think at one point they reported shots fired. Then I think at one point they uh, had someone that was reporting a wound, like someone had been wounded. or I don't know. It's, it's horrible. Uh, there is a report out. You remember OU played Florida in the Jumpman Invitational in hoops last year? Yeah, there's a report that OU will play North Carolina in Charlotte next year in the Jumpman Invitational. In okay, so uh, I'm not sure yeah. how good North Carolina is going to be next year. They weren't very good last year, but we'll see if they bounce back. Regardless, yeah. OU is going to play them in Charlotte. Well, I like that, but the only thing that sucks is why we're we playing them in Charlotte. Well, that's where the Jumpman Invitational is being held, but I hear you. I'd rather play him in Chapel Hill or Norman, one of the yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, it means more in the SEC, sure, but does it mean more at every single university in the SEC? I don't know. Yeah. Vanderbilt lacrosse played its game at 11 a.m. on Saturday, uh-huh. and then the football team played on the exact same field at 5 p.m. for their spring game after the lacrosse game at 11 a.m. So, huh. Vanderbilt played their spring game on the lacrosse field. They waited till the lacrosse team was done for their game, waited a couple hours, and had their spring game at 5 p.m. Now, did they play on the lacrosse field, yes. or did the lacrosse play on the football no, field? No, Vanderbilt played their spring game on the lacrosse field. Huh. That's interesting. You think it's a big turf field? 
I, it looks natural grass to me. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. It looks like grass. And they just went out there and painted it right after the lacrosse so. team? Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're the lacrosse team, don't you have to be pissed about that? It's like, listen, we've got our own field. This is our season. Could you just let us For do your our thing? spring game, right? Like, not, why do you have to come game. trample our field, mark it up with your different yeah. lines and the way that you paint the field, just leave us alone. It's a good point. Oh, what, you're going to have an empty stadium? Well, come back week two this year, whoever you play. It'll probably be the same case there. Right. Does a small, empty stadium look better than a big, empty stadium? I guess. It's the only theory that they can work with, uh, supposedly. That's All the right. last one I have. Let's hit a quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap uh, hour number two up next year from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. The new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with each patient to take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Functional sports medicine physician Amanda Sadler, MD, is committed to spending... ...lawyer looking at offering benefits to your staff. Call the agents at Allison Insurance. They'll sort through the confusion. They're not captive to just one company, and they'll get the best option for you. Don't get frustrated. Call Allison Insurance at 800-580-5587 or 745-2968. Allison Insurance. They are the experts. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. At the top of the 5 o'clock hour, the media is out at practice, so we'll share any uh, information coming out of practice. But uh, a little bit of a tease to Sean McCullough just made a uh, big play. So you know how that works, Teddy. Uh, last week it was Deshaun McCullough sucks, and now that – Someone captured on Twitter that he made a good play. Uh, he's he's ready to be the best defensive, uh, best player on the defense. That's normally how that works. Well, hey, um, I I'm bullish on Deshaun McCullough. I think that you know he's he's a guy that's transitioning to a new place, a new scheme, a new position. Rarely do you get all of that with a transfer. Typically. You, like Walter Rouse is coming in to play left tackle. That's what he does. Um, uh, Bothroyd is coming in to play defensive end. That's what he does. But Deshaun is transferred in, and he's in a new scheme, and he's in a new position. That's a lot of new. And I think it's just going to take him a little bit of time. And I still... I still remain bullish, optimistic. I think he could be a really good player for us. Gunner from Grove says, guys, are you more excited to see what Dion can do in his first year or Matt Rule at Nebraska? It's well, that's De- interesting. It's Dion for me just because of, you know, just how unique it is. But I've already made the giant mistake of talking myself into Matt Rule going to do some very nice things at Nebraska and be there for a while. I'm yeah. falling into the same trap all over again with Nebraska making an exciting hire. I I think Rule is going to do a really good job. I think it's going to take him some time. I think Dion is probably going to do a good job, but because of the amount of transfers and like what all has happened there, I think there's a chance that maybe it's a little bit quicker. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be in year one, but – you know they he they've got a great quarterback. They've brought in some some different players that have a really high ceiling. So 
I think I'm probably more interested in year one in Colorado. Yeah, let's see if we can answer this in about 30 seconds. Buckeye Dave from Tulsa says, Gents, will be will Brent Venables be here in five years? Will he go to a bigger program, be fired, or be here? He'll be here. He's not going to go to a bigger program. I would guess that he's here. I think that he'll be here. Probably needs to win 10 games this year. But, yes, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got the final hour here from Newcastle next.